Okay. All right. Okay, it's your host, Fuad, back at it with another episode of Shoot Your Shot Today. Ladies and gentlemen, we are recording episode five. We are here to discuss a bunch of things that have happened over the last couple of weeks. We will get into the last week of the 2022-2023 NBA season today. There's a lot going on, especially with seeds 5 to 8, all the way down through 12. Gotta get into it. Thank you everybody for tuning in for today's episode. Now let's get right into the news. So, anybody who watches basketball is quite aware that seeds 5 through 8 are all tied in the losses column right now. These teams contain of yours truly, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Los Angeles Clippers, and the New Orleans Pelicans, and the defending champions, the Golden State Warriors. They are all currently tied with with 38 losses apiece. So one might ask, who do you think is going to advance to the 5th, 6th seed? The Clippers, the Warriors, Lakers, Pelicans. Well, honestly... My opinion, from the schedule that remains, I foresee the Lakers getting the highest spot, if not the Warriors, because they are the ones with the easiest schedules left. The LA Clippers and the Pelicans have their work cut out for them. We might be proven wrong because they have had worse stuff happen to them over the season, and they've come back fighting with something up their sleeves all the time. It is for us to find out within the last week of this NBA season, and I'm super happy to be reporting it to you here today. Honestly, the Suns have solidified themselves in fourth place. They have basically clinched it. The Nuggets have clinched first, and the rest of the standings fairly look stable. However, we will further get into the catastrophe that is the Dallas Mavericks in today's episode. We have a whole segment just for how Luca and Kyrie have simply, for the lack of a better word, not worked out at all in Dallas. Whereas the Eastern Conference is a little bit more stable right now. We got the Hawks and the Raptors at 39 losses each at 500. I don't know if the Toronto Raptors are going to make it because they have the hardest schedule by far left amongst the teams in the Eastern Conference playing tournament. I am sad to say because my Toronto Raptors, I believe, will maybe get 10th place, maybe miss the playoffs. We'll see. Honestly, this last season is about to be a whirlwind. It's going to be a good one. So strap up, lock in and make sure you are watching. We also got a really important game coming up on Wednesday between the Lakers and the Clippers. We got one final showdown between Russell Westbrook and his old team. You can honestly say that about like five teams at this point because he switched teams so much. But we got your boy from LA coming back to LA in LA trying to prove something. He has PG sitting out. He's playing good with Kawhi. However, they have lost their they have lost sorry their last two games, so they are not really in the momentum swing right now. Whereas the Los Angeles Lakers have won their last three, so it's a little bit more accustomed for them to finish the season strong. They've been doing well when LeBron came back, even though he is still injured with his foot injury. However, his sheer presence is allowing the team to perform at a much better rate. 
So getting into all of these teams that are tied up in the Western Conference in the play-in tournament. The play-in tournament starts in a mere six days, ladies and gentlemen. So it is much closer than you would think. Playoff basketball is right around the corner. And I cannot wait to be your first news source for that information. It's going to be a wild ride. This season has been a historic one for the books. So much interesting and amazing things have been happening this season. We have rewritten the history books and we are continuing to do so. Lakers are doing really well. They beat Chicago when they beat them before. We all saw the drama with Patrick Beverly telling LeBron James he's too small. And then basically Austin Reeves got LeBron's re uh, revenge and his back in the next game when they faced them up again in Chicago. The Lakers got that win, whereas Patrick Beverly was not as vocal the second time around. The Lakers have not been over 500, which they are two games over now, since January 2022. And they have been a very healthy 14-7 and since the trade with Russell Westbrook going to the Clippers and them acquiring D'Angelo Russell, Mobamba, and a lot more players that have well solidified and made their team a lot more well-rounded. We are very, very fortunate to see LeBron in one of his last few seasons actually being able to compete for a title. I mean, Manz is literally 38 years old and he's still playing and breaking records every single season redefining the word longevity however that doesn't take away from the fact that he is a human being at the end of the day and he is simply getting too old so we should be appreciating his last few seasons in the league rather than criticizing him and saying what he should and should not be doing the lakers are on a very healthy swing to end the season we won't see lebron go back home like he did last year we will enjoy him in the playoffs and maybe in a play-in tournament. It depends on how the last few games go throughout this last week of this season. We have also gotten to see the Phoenix Suns debut at home with KD making his debut at home for the first time. So basically, the Suns are doing really bad when he's not there and they're doing really well when he is. However, on a more personal note, every single Kevin Durant home debut game, he basically scored over 20 points a game. Whereas this debut game, he had 18 and on very bad shooting splits, he needed 18 shots to get 18 points or excuse me, 16. So honestly, I think that he keeps losing his home debuts. He just had the nerves come up. He was anxious to get it out of the way. Much like a lot of the first things that happen in life, they're not going to be perfect. You need to keep, start, and perfect them as you keep moving along. However, I am happy to say that the Suns are actually finding their footing with KD joining the team. They are a healthy 4-0. and zero. However, given their last few games in this season, um, we are up for a lot of treats. They play the Clippers, the Lakers, and then the Raptors twice. So I'm interested to see if they're going to remain undefeated with KD on the floor or if they're going to take their first loss with him playing. Honestly, we need to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Mikhail Bridges has been a sensation since being traded. He is playing out of his mind. 
he is literally carrying on offense and defense he just got the player of the week for the eastern conference honor because he has averaged 33 points mans is literally going crazy breaking out of his shell i think this trade was very healthy for him because it basically surrounded him with his own team gave him the keys to the franchise which is a very well-rounded defensive team with the nets they are probably one superstar away from contending seriously. They'll definitely be back next year. However, that's to say they already technically have another superstar by the name of Benjamin Simmons, um, who has basically not played since the Kyrie trade. Um, he is not faring well, guys. He is struggling to say the least. He's been bench warming the Brooklyn Nets bench, being paid over $20 million a season to do so. Therefore, there has been a lot of word on the street that he will end up in the Shanghai Sharks. I honestly think that his time in the NBA is limited. He never wanted to put in the work, and as the late, great Kobe Bryant said, he would have been a phenomenal player had he just developed a jump shot. However, he decided to keep playing Call of Duty on his downtime like regular people do, not like an athlete does. And unfortunately, that earned him $19 million when he decided to sit out his last season in Philly. And it will continue to earn him all the potential earnings that he has lost across the rest of his career because odds are he's not even going to make a vet's minimum after his contract is up. I think he's going to end up falling out of the league pretty soon. And Ben Simmons basically just made it out there to get his first big payday and then fell off the grid, much like a lot of other NBA athletes. I want to talk about the T-Wolves for a little bit. They've kind of been doing well, to be honest. Ever since Cat came back, he hit two daggers, two game winners. So they've basically been like rising up the standings a lot. Them and the Pelicans have been doing really well. However, recently they have came back down to earth. They are yeah, kind of sticking around, you know, like I feel like the Lakers are doing a little bit better. However, the Pelicans and the Timberwolves are very, very serious contenders when come the plane. And you can consider the Pelicans danger when Zion's on the floor. They are missing one of their max players. However, Brandon Ingram just got back from injury and he's been playing phenomenal. They are very hard to stop and they are definitely going to be back next year as well. And they're going to make some noise this year in the play-in tournament and potentially win one or two games in the first round of the playoffs if they end up making it. However, I would personally rather the T-Wolves and the Pels miss the playoffs because I want to see the Luka and... Kyrie combo makes some noise however that has been really unfortunate because of the case that they cannot play defense they are rated 26th out of 30 in the NBA when it comes to defensive rating however they are a mere fifth in offense one would have thought that if you have collected two of the best isolation and fourth quarter quarters in the NBA today you would have gotten a better offense than a top five offense, potentially a top one, two, or three. However, they barely cracked the top five, and it's just simply not cutting it because how they play defense 
They're not trying. They should have had a sense of urgency way earlier. Luka Doncic played very good defense against the Atlanta Hawks. Now, I don't know if this was because it was not a must win. It should have been that like three games ago. It was an absolute must win or basically just stop playing for lack of a better reason. However, he did display his good defensive prowess skills against Trey Young. Now, that might be because he has a thing with Trey Young because they got traded for each other on draft night. So they've always had this like budding friendly rivalry thing. But I doubt that's the case. They have 41 losses and only 37 wins. So they're not doing the best to say the least. They really need their W's. Now that's to say they have the most favorable schedule left out of them and OKC. So if OKC keeps losing like they have been, they might be able to sneak a 10th place spot, but then they are going to have to play with their backs against the wall every single game they have left. And I just simply don't think they are built to do that. I think they're going to crumble. Unfortunately, even though that hurts me to say, I would have really, really liked to see him and Kyrie go hard in the playoffs because they're just really fun to watch. They are both really skilled scorers in isolation and they can both lead a team when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. However, we all know how the situation is when it comes to the other side of the court. Nobody is trying. They don't get any rebounds and they get blown by like barbecue chicken dinner every single night. So unfortunately, this Dallas Mavericks team was a bust. Mark Cuban decided to have a very, very risky trade deadline move, and it failed to pay dividends to say the least. He is just crying his way to the bank with this one. I don't think he anticipated them being so bad defensively and not being able to close out games because of their offensive talent on the other end of the court. However, that was a very risky move and risky moves either end up with a very good reward or a horrible backlash. And unfortunately, Cuban got the latter and that's how it is for his team this season. Unfortunately, I think and I am forecasting that the Dallas Mavericks will not make the play-in tournament. However, if I had to give it a numerical chance, I'd probably say there's a 10 to 15% chance OKC keeps losing. And for some reason, Dallas hasn't thrown in the towel yet to tank, so they might keep trying. Honestly, it depends on these last three or four days of the NBA season. They have three games left if they win them all. They might be able to get 10th place if the OKC Thunder keeps losing. However, that is a lot of ifs, hence my prediction. I was really sad to see Portland shut down their season when Damian Lillard is basically an all-NBA guard this season. He has had his most highest scoring season on his entire career, averaging 31.5 points per game at 32 years old while winning the three-point contest it looks like he hasn't lost a beat he is right where he was always one of the best shiftiest guards in the nba for lack of his loyalty i think he's just going to be remembered for being a really good player rather than a great champion that makes me really sad to say because damian lillard is one of my personal favorite players 
He is a joy to watch, especially when he knocked out Westbrook and PG. It's OKC Thunder with his goodbye celebration with a three from half court with the game clock turning down on a buzzer beater. Man, Damian Lillard came into the league wanting to do this. He ended the Houston Rockets season when Harden was back there in his second or third year back in 2014-2015. He is a cold-blooded assassin when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. And he can still dunk. He showed us his hops one game before the the Portland Trailblazers decided to shut down their season while he went for an insane 60-point performance. Damian Lillard honestly deserves a lot better. I think the Portland Trailblazers might make a resounding move this offseason, acquiring a very superstar caliber player such as Bradley Beal or someone along those lines. Or Damian Lillard might start reconsidering his future over there, even though he should have been done that. I guess better late than never. That kind of makes me want to say if anyone out there wants to start or do something, Better late than never is a really good motto to have. If you don't end up doing what you want to do, you might wake up one day and regret that you haven't started. That kind of applies to Damian Lillard. However, he's in the NBA, so it's a little bit different. But when you're on his level, you should really, really want to get a championship. It doesn't really matter how you get it, especially given your character. And you are known for portraying the way you feel in a certain set of ways. And you have a certain set of values. You are a very grounded person. You are loyal. And at the end of the day, we all want to see you win. Let Damien Lillard be an inspiration to everyone listening to this podcast. If there is something you have been wanting to do for a really long time, Nike said it best, just do it. Keep talking about the Blazers because they're not going to be relevant anytime soon, except for the fact that when they ended, when they decided to put a close to their season and play the Timberwolves when they were a plus 19.5 underdog, and they basically pulled off the biggest upset in 30 years against the T Wolves, which are trying really hard to maintain a play in spot. And they kind of helped the Lakers out because that meant that the T-Wolves got one more L on their record, which helps every other team trying to make the play-in. Essentially, maybe even helping the Dallas Mavericks because any Ls from other teams above them are going to be a blessing for the teams that are trying to make it. And I believe that the Dallas Mavericks have a lot more talent than teams like the OKC Thunder. So... It's just right that they at least have a shot at making the playoffs rather than a team like Oklahoma City. I love watching Shea play, but he ain't no uh, Luka or Kyrie, so I'll take Luka or Kyrie any day. I really hope they win the last few games. I'm not sure if they're even going to keep trying at this point, but they did up to this point regardless, so might as well keep going by that theory. Boston has kind of been like picking it back up ever since like they lost a lot after All-Star break. Um, I don't really keep up with this team, but I kind of wanted to discuss how they have been 30 and one when they shoot over 40 percent from three. But then when that percentage dips back down to 35, which is about league average, they're 12 and 18. 
So they are a such well-rounded, balanced team that the fact that if they shoot the ball that well, they are virtually undefeated. They are going insane with their tactics when it comes to like running plays, getting open, uh, just setting up the right guys. They have the most one-two dangerous punch in the entire NBA, which kind of makes me want to talk about Jalen Brown because I think he's very underappreciated. He is honestly on the exact same level as Tatum. Tatum is just a little bit taller and he's younger, so he gets a lot more coverage. Jalen Brown is severely underrated, especially the way he plays. He's a better defender than Jason Tatum, and he is a better slasher than Jason Tatum. I think Brown gets overlooked a lot because he is in Tatum's shadow given his publicity. However, at the end of the day, the fact that his name continues to be in trade rumors for people like KD has made him feel so disrespected that he actually called the GM and Tatum on FaceTime that it was reported. And he asked them straight up, like, are you guys considering to trade me? Because where I'm from, we walk into the front door, insinuating that we don't lie to each other. We don't walk through the back door, which is trying to take lefts and rights, saying one thing and doing another to end up at a favorable outcome. So it's obvious that Jalen Brown's feeling very extremely disrespected by his franchise. And the only reason he would sign again next season because he is a restricted free agent this summer is if he makes an All-NBA team. Because if he does, there's a stipulation in his contract that essentially allows him $100 million more dollars he would be able to sign a five-year, $300 million contract as opposed to a four-year, $180 million contract. Honestly, man, NBA players are like shitting money nowadays, pardon my French, but that's a lot of money to pass up. So even if I was Jalen Brown, I would potentially try to work on my unfavorable situation and make the All-NBA team and get that bread rather than just trying to find and securing his own team to play for, which will inevitably have a lot less talent than the current Celtics squad. If he makes an All-NBA team, he is essentially putting himself up for success when it comes to title odds for winning a chip and getting paid the largest humanely bag possible. That leaves me to ponder about my... Toronto Raptors and how they are fighting for nothing when they essentially won the title about three four years ago but hopefully we end up getting a decent ish draft pick nah who am I kidding we keep trying to win thinking we're good enough we'll learn eventually however I just kind of needed to get this information out there for you guys today. I know this is usually a shorter episode than what I usually record. Please feel free to let me know and reach out to me if you'd like to hear more consistent shorter episodes or my usual format in which I am uploading at least 40 to 45 minute episodes discussing what's been happening in the league in much more detail. We are just nearing a 
time where the NBA season is almost over. I kind of wanted to get this episode out there so we can have time to discuss the plan and the last week of the NBA season next time. And speaking of which, I'll catch you on that episode. Thank you everyone for checking in today and I'll see y'all next time. Thank you.